Hello, creators. You are backstage with Patreon, where we open the curtain on how to build a thriving business on Patreon. I'm Brian Keller from the Creator Success Team. And today's guest is Danny O'Dwyer, the founder of NoClip, which makes crowdfunded video game documentaries available for everyone to watch, funded by a community of members on Patreon. In 2016, Danny pivoted from a career in gaming journalism to making his own documentaries free from the influence of advertising and sponsored content. NoClip has gone on to build a team and release dozens of documentaries on YouTube, with Patreon members getting additional bonus content and involvement in the production process. NoClip has been one of the creators with early access to new Patreon features, allowing them to bring more of their audience into membership without needing to pledge on a paid tier. And Danny's been experimenting with what member-only content to share with these free members and having compelling reasons to still upgrade. So let's learn more about all of that with Danny O'Dwyer from NoClip on Backstage with Patreon and talk about your origin story. You were working in the gaming industry, doing really well there. What made you decide to go independent and create on your own? Thanks so much, Brian. Thanks for having me. I'm a big fan of this podcast. I've listened to every episode. And yeah, I think um, back in the day, you know, seven years almost now, I've been on Patreon. It feels like we're one of the sort of OGs in a way uh, on on the platform. Uh, I really liked my job, but it was just the realization that we were working towards something, or at least I was creatively, that was a bit more niche and maybe didn't fit what I was doing at GameSpot particularly well. You know, it was a pretty big video game website, but the type of stuff that I wanted to do seemed like it was for a smaller but very passionate audience. Uh, and what actually happened was it was the kind of funny crew who left IGN, which was the other really big video game website. Uh, they left and they started kind of funny, which was a very successful early Patreon creator that worked in video and around video games. And they were kind of first through the wall. And I was like, yeah, if they can do it, like maybe I can do it. That's awesome. And you really talk about it as having the freedom of not being reliant on advertising and sponsorship. And I think that really resonates with a lot of creators. Where do you see that play out in the choices you can make, the topics you can tackle, the approach that you take? Yeah, the big issue that we had was that the type of work that I make at Noclip and the type of stuff that I was kind of leaning towards at GameSpot was that style of like boutique documentary production that requires that little bit more time, that little bit more, you know, expense perhaps on the production and what would tend to happen when you worked with any journalistic outlet was that they would try and sell against it because it is that sort of like premium content and that's how the economics worked in the media at least back in 2016 so yeah the issue i guess was that what you end up then you know i like creative boxes i like creative restrictions because then you end up coming up with interesting solutions to those but Sometimes you're just kind of waiting for somebody to, you know, sign off on something or you were changing the content to fit the, the, the mold of the commerce a little bit too much. Um, a lot of that stuff wasn't affecting me yet, but I could tell a couple of months down the road, especially if I did the type of long form work I wanted to do, I was going to have to play that game. Whereas I thought like, you know, if there is a community of people, I don't need that many people. I need like, you know, a couple thousand. It's not, it's not small, but like. I need a certain amount of folks. And I was lucky at that stage that I had had, you know, a decent amount of exposure on this website. So it had given me a, a you know, a viewership online in social media and in my work. And so it was basically a way of like removing the element of having to sell against advertising, having to pick stuff maybe as well that might generate really big views, like just general YouTuber commerce of, 
of trying to hit, do something that gets millions of views so you can then even run you know YouTube ads against it. I wanted to see if we could remove all the ads entirely and just be like, is it possible to just do this like you know local theater? Can we get enough of the neighbors to chip in so that when we make this stuff that they're happy and it's almost been seven years, so you know I have a lot to thank uh, both Patreon and our patrons. Do you have any tips for other creators who might want to make that change but might be reluctant because they are relying on that ad revenue and other sources right now? It's really difficult to suggest to folks without knowing kind of what their exposure is or what their audience is. Because obviously, in a way, I had a bit of a cheat code with the size of the Patreon we managed to sort of create in those early days uh, because I, you know, had a bunch of Twitter followers and people who watched my work prior to that. What I would say, though, that it is fairly universal is if you can come up with an idea that isn't just about you necessarily, if it's an idea that no one else is doing that you think other people would like. And that was basically the pitch of Noclip, uh, was that, you know, we're going to do something. We're going to make documentaries about how video games are made. We're going to go to studios all around the world. We're going to focus on design and production. We're going to talk to the humans who make these games and show their side of it, the culture all these things that like weren't existing in regular games reporting because it takes time and it's difficult and some people aren't interested in that. But we're going to do that. No one else is doing it. And if you want, you can make this exist by chipping in on it. And if you don't, then that's fine too. And while I do say that obviously I had a decent sized audience, a healthy audience to help with that, um, I was actually surprised in the early days how many people had actually no idea who I was or did not know what my you know previous work was but just believed in the idea so i think that's a tip i would give people is if you're making something if you're creating something try and make something new and something that's an idea that people can get behind and then have there been any examples along the way of places you had to make a tough call or forego certain opportunities maybe to partner with a brand in the space but you had to uphold some of those principles yeah, I mean, all the time we're asked to do, you know, or at least in the early days, it was a lot of like people would get in contact and be like, oh, like, you know, can you come to our studio and we'll pay for your flights and we'll pay for your accommodation? You know, just things that honestly they would extend to a lot of people in the journalism world. You know, I remember going on trips to GameSpot that were paid by the companies and I would try not to. I'd be like, can we pay for this? Like, I, we're owned by a large multinational corporation. We can pay for a couple of Southwest tickets, right? It's not that bad. But, you know, I think eventually people got the message because I'd reply and be like, no, it's actually like really important to me that we are almost entirely removed from that completely. And I, and I don't have any problem. Like, I think diversifying your income is really important. And I think like there are people, especially if you've got, you know, tighter margins, it, it makes sense if you are doing advertising or like, you know, podcasts, for instance, is a model that like kind of leans into advertising a bit better. CPMs might be better. I have always just loved the purity of Patreon. I was really like sort of bought into a lot of what Jack was saying and a lot of what my, you know, other people I follow, other creators on Patreon were saying about just how liberating the whole thing is. So I've tried to hold on to that as much as I can. And what I like about the platform is that you guys, especially recently, have been giving us sort of new tools and new ways to, you know, pull on the various levers of commerce that exist. So I'm happy just living with our patrons and, you know, and, and trying to keep them happy. 
Yeah, well, let's talk about the way you do documentaries. And I was watching one of your recent ones. I think it's a good example of this, where the video game is Choo Choo Charlie. It's this kind of niche horror <laughs> game that came out. And, and maybe not the choice that a big studio or something would choose to feature, but you fell in love with the creator who started out as a teenager and his backstory. So let's have you talk a little bit. How do you capture the story, the culture, the humans behind these game developers? Yeah, it depends if we're going to like a, a big studio, you know, I think that our past three projects are actually a good example of this. We went to Naughty Dog and did a whole studio doc on The Last of Us remake they made. We did a remote documentary about Age of Empires, the remake that they made. And then I went up to interview this guy for Choo Choo Charles, which was a one person developer based up in, you know, the Olympic Peninsula in Washington. It's kind of a remote part of uh, that state. So yeah, when we it, it always depends. Like sometimes we go down with a crew of two of us, sometimes there's three of us. Uh, that one I was completely solo. Do a lot of research, play the games, understand the person. We did a call a couple of times before we in, did the interview. I actually had him on our podcast a number of years ago, so I was somewhat familiar with it. And then just going up and sticking a camera in this guy's face in his bedroom and asking honest questions. Like honestly, a lot of in post-production, you can fix a lot. You know, you edit a podcast, you know all about it. You can take out the stumblings and, and make people sound even more smart than they are. And you can use B-roll in documentary to cover, you know, show how games are made or show how the end product was. Uh, we filmed some stuff with him behind the scenes about like how he put together certain parts of it. And then we compare it with the finished version of the game. But ultimately, the video comes together or not in the interview. And I think... While there are like books you can read about interviewing people, I honestly think that just being genuinely interested in folks kind of gets you 90% of the way there, not getting in the way, like allowing them to talk, asking them questions that you're genuinely interested in, kind of letting them go where the interview is. I like to make sure that they're talking about something that, you know, it almost it's almost like water flowing down a mountain to me. It's like I try not to like stick too many dams in the way or like force them to go in one direction or another because... I would say most of the people we interview have never done an interview before and may never again. You know, sometimes it's the creative lead of a project who's used to talking to the press. A lot of the times it's a sound engineer who's worked at the studio six years and sat in a sound booth and has never really talked to anyone outside the studio about their work. So it really depends. But we, we tend to run a tight ship. We don't have a massive crew. We don't overfilm because then editing takes a long time. And ultimately, when it comes to YouTube and Patreon, we want to keep creating content. So we don't do like two videos a year. We do like 15 videos a year. We do as much as we can to as high quality as we can, sort of the 80-20 rule kind of thing. Yeah, and that sounds like it's an interesting balance where you don't want to record excessive material, add to your production schedule there. But you also do create really great behind the scenes and, and bonus material that's part of your benefits on Patreon. What are some of the decisions you make about what to film, what to include in that bonus material that you found resonates really well with your members? Yeah, it's it's a difficult balance uh, balancing act, Brian, because in many ways, our patrons are, you know, sometimes we have put stuff on Patreon for them and they've been like, oh, we think this actually has like value, like educational, you know, preservationist value. I don't mind if this goes on YouTube, you know, you should share this with people. So we've had to like find this line of like, we're not, putting a lot of the work because people believe in the work and it's supposed to be about demystifying games development and sharing it as much as possible like we're going out into the world collecting all these stories and then sharing it with the world and the patrons like that they are 
you know, basically, you know, funding this work and, and making it happen. So sometimes they want the more stuff to be out there. So it is a difficult balancing act. I think what we've ended up on that feels very good to us is uh, early access, first of all, works perfectly because then they get to see a 99% final cut. You know, sometimes we used to do it like two days before the main docs come out. We do it like a week or two now ahead of time and I often get feedback from those folks. Then we do like things like extended cuts of the interviews because obviously a lot of interviews you have to trim them up because we've interviewed seven people for this piece and we want it to be, you know, 60 minutes, maybe 90 minutes. There's going to be some fat on that bone. But, you know, if you're interested in the work, then you will probably be interested in that, too. So definitely extended stuff, too. And then the general japes of behind the scenes. I think before COVID, we used to have a bit more fun with that because we used to travel around the world. You know, we'd like behind the scenes travel logs in like France and Japan and all these places. We're kind of getting back into that now a little bit as we we do in-person filming more, or we have done more this year than 2020 and 2021 for sure. But uh, that sort of stuff always works as well. But I always find it very funny that there are things we do and people are like, oh, just put it on YouTube. Like, it's okay. We we don't mind. We just believe in the mission. All right. Well, let's talk a little bit more about your approach on Patreon and, and some of the new features that you're embracing there. So recently, with the ability to bring folks into membership, even not being on the paid tiers, you really went and ran with that. And I'd love for you to share a little bit of the messaging you used with your audience and how you encouraged them to join you, but also how you still had upgrades to the paid tiers that's so important as well. Yeah, it was trying to find this balancing act of like valuing a free patron and, you know, not taking away from the folks who are paying. And I think everyone who's on Patreon struggles with this a little bit because, you know, each of us have our own sort of audiences and we have our own different tier setups. And then within those audiences, there are different types of patron. There are the people who chip in who don't ever want to see anything. There are the people who are chipping in who really want to get access to stuff that is exclusive and things like that. There are people who, you know, give a lot of money because they want to be in our credits, for instance. And they're sort of like happy every once in a while to get something free from it. So you kind of don't want to disappoint people. And I think what that does a lot is it, it restricts creators where we're kind of like scared to mess with the system in case, you know, we we add something or take something away that like breaks the camel's back and then that's it. You know, the whole thing falls apart and we're back on, you know, back on looking for giving our resumes to people. What I decided to do was to open up one of the sort of tentpoles of our patron work, which was the patron show. We have done a monthly patron show almost every month for seven years now. And the patron show is basically I sit down in a seat and I, t- I sit down in a seat. Would you imagine that, Brian? I sit down and I, I talk to the patrons about what's coming up that month. You know, what's coming up on our YouTube channel, what patron exclusives they could look forward to. Usually a bunch of behind the scenes stuff we don't want to share publicly, show off some early clips, that type of thing. That has always been really important to us because it's just like the one-stop shop of, look, if you don't want to consume everything we've put up here, this is basically all you need to know for the month. If you watch this, you'll be, it's basically the shareholder meeting of Patreon where we like justify what we're spending our time uh, and their money on. So what I decided to do is open that up to everyone, to the free patrons as well. Because what I realized was that we have a lot of people who have been patrons of Noclip. It's been seven years almost now who've been patrons of Noclip for a long time. And every once in a while, I will get somebody who, you know, fills in the exit interview and they're like, you know, oh, we, we bought a house or I'm getting married or, you know, I lost my job or we're having a kid. Happy stories, sad stories. And they've decided that like, while they would still like to be 
part of Nokia's Patreon. They just can't, or or they've done their part. You know, it's been two years, and I've I've chipped in. I believed in this this mission. I still do. I still watch the docs, but you know, I've done my bit. And what what's really sad is that I still I still want those people to be part of our community, but because they're not patrons anymore, they don't get to be. So the fact that they can drop down to this free patron tier was really cool to me because it's like, okay, great, we can still keep them as part of the community and you know value their you know connection to us in the same way that if there's somebody who's a really big fan of ours on youtube who whenever a video hits youtube they watch it right away they're in the comments you know they're listening to our podcast but they just don't have the economic means to give you know five ten bucks a month then they're a super fan we want to also engage with them and get them involved a little bit more so the idea is to drop the patron show down so we'll basically post it um uh currently it's public so that everyone gets it and they can watch it um i know there's some usability stuff that's coming in the future at some stage it's going to allow us to do posts that aren't public but that the free patrons can get to that's what we'll basically migrate over to um after that gets enabled uh but i've really enjoyed it i've already gotten loads of messages from people saying oh this is really cool like i was disappointed i couldn't get the patron show anymore I'm hoping to become a patron again in the future. And also it ha- it solves the sort of, um, you know, the sales ramp, as it were. The biggest notch when it comes to trying to get people to become patrons is trying to get them to go to Patreon. I feel like when people have a Patreon account or they're used to patronage, that it's usually easier to convert them over to become a new patron of Noclip. So look, if we can make that transition a little bit easier for a subset of those people as well and literally directly pitch to them be like yo this is what we're spending the money on this is all the work that goes on behind the scenes you only get to see the finished version this is what i look like on a monday morning when i'm like or a friday afternoon when i've been editing four days straight you know this is the work we're doing so i'm super happy with how it's been rolled out i'm excited to use the new functionality and keep playing with it because so far it's been great yeah and i think you've so quickly figured out this potential to bring people on earlier in the cycle if they're not yet ready to buy, to give them a place to go if they're not continue paying on a monthly basis. But we also know some creators are very nervous about the potential for their members to say, oh, I can get enough by being a free member of it. Maybe I'm going to downgrade related. And, and you even acknowledge that very transparently in, in that video. I hope you all don't you know, go and, and cancel there. <laughs> How did you kind of come to peace for that, especially being such an earlier adopter where you're one of the first creators to go out and really present it in this way? I think we all kind of fear the worst, but we hope for the best. And I completely acknowledge that that is a fear that people will have. And obviously it's one that did cross my mind and I mentioned it in the video that we we put out. But I think what I sort of trusted was that the people who are on our Patreon, more than all the people who listen to our podcast or the you know hundreds of thousands of youtube subscribers that we have if there's anyone i can trust to keep the lights on and to help us keep this business working it's our patrons like they that's why they're there they're not there you know some of them are there obviously to get certain unlocks and things like that but those people as well who get that exclusive posts they also believe in the mission and I also know that there's a large amount of them that, you know, may not care so much about that, all that exclusivity, but they're only there because they believe in the mission. So to me, it felt more like there was a missed opportunity with the people who don't become patrons and uh, in the first place and the people who are patrons who then leave the ecosystem entirely. I think 
there was more of a risk of not engaging with those people to me than there was perhaps people on the lower end of the Patreon who might use this as a reason to jump down. Honestly, those people are going to do that anyway eventually. So that's fine. If, if it's faster, then so be it. And we'll keep them as part of the family. And then I'll, I'll say the other thing that definitely on day one when this ticked over really made me feel, uh, I think, more relaxed about it. And this is perhaps something that's more unique to someone like us who've been on the platform for a long time is that because the way that it worked was that it basically converted all the people who were followers on, on the old following system, which I often use as well. I follow some creators who have, you know, maybe sunsetted their Patreon or turned it off or do stuff in a different way or or maybe people I've used to support support them. But when we turned that over, something like 4,000 people were followers. I did not know that. I did not know that there were 4,000 people who were actually just following the page who now... When we posted something, you know, I knew it was going to them. So I thought that was like really empowering. And, you know, we're early in, in the process of all this, but I can hand on my heart say that we have not had a massive outflux of patrons <laughs> since we did this. And if anything, I think it's probably converting people faster than the previous system was for us. Yeah, it's so valuable to share these examples with other creators of real creators like Noclip who tried this out and, and seen it working. And, and it's not as scary as it may seem there. So if all continues to go well, Patreon keeps adding to this kind of functionality and you keep developing Noclip and, and your kind of business there, are there some things you have in mind for the future and the way you deliver content and experiences to your wider membership base over the longer term? Yeah, what I think it's kind of also done is it's, it's unlocked this idea that I have always kind of wanted our Patreon to be, but it really hasn't been, which is that it can actually just be like a hub for all things Noclip. Right now, it's kind of our YouTube channel, but YouTube is very video focused. It doesn't allow you to do too much interaction. I know they've got their community tab, but like it's not as direct as like, say, you know, setting up your own Squarespace website or something like that, having a blog, all those things. All this increased functionality and the ability to have like free membership and stuff. It's sort of like creating these smaller little micro steps on the way to becoming a patron that I think really helps me to you know, use our Patreon more as uh, this kind of like a bulletin board or like a one-stop shop. So like whenever, you know, now we're thinking about doing more public blogs or like whenever we did updates, whenever we posted a video to YouTube, we always did them as patron updates. Like we just have like, oh, the video is up on YouTube and I'd set it to patrons. And it's like, no, I should set these public. Like they should be public because then it means that, you know, loads more people, all of our previous followers, now free patrons, get a message about it and they can go check that out as well. They'll, you know, it's just a link to the video, a little blurb, but we're engaging with them again. Just that little bit. We're just engaging with them. We're opening that door, cracking it open a little bit. So I think it's actually like encouraged me to try and think of new ways that I have not been using Patreon as a sort of a more general purpose, you know, website almost hub for everything we do on Noclip. So I'm thinking about like posting more stuff that's, we wouldn't have made exclusive for patrons like photographs when we're on location or, you know, small little blogs or thoughts on the industry, anything that'll like drive more traffic to the page. And perhaps, you know, there'll be some people who go, oh, yeah, I meant to support these folks. I'll I'll chip in or I'll become a free patron and see what happens. Either way, it's it's good for us. Well, I love that vision of what you could be doing uh, in the future with Noclip here. 
To recap on some of the things we've talked about, for any creators thinking about pivoting, going full-time, starting membership, look to your super fans who are the believers in the idea of what you're doing to give you that confidence to make those kind of changes. When it comes to interviewing and doing documentaries, find the genuine interest, what you're passionate about, what the guests are passionate about, and be flexible, be water flowing and adapting uh, over the course of it. There's always so much great content to pull in from video and audio recordings. You can do early access, extended, behind the scenes that the Noclip has really embraced. And then for folks getting started with the idea of free membership and expanding it, I love this metaphor. Think of it like your shareholder meeting, giving updates to the full set of people that really want to hear what you're doing as a creator there. And really trust your patrons, your paid members. Those are the folks that are b believers in you. They're going to want to stick with you. They're going to support you in expanding your membership in different ways. And we love this idea. Think about what you can do with the new Patreon as your hub for all things as a creator, different formats, different updates, your wider audience there. So Danny, thanks so much for sharing everything you're doing at Noclip and with the new features on Patreon on Backstage with Patreon. Thanks so much for having me. To catch every episode of Backstage with Patreon, follow or subscribe in your podcast app and leave us a review. We also have transcripts available at patreon.com slash backstage. You're growing as a creator by listening to the show. So why not share the insights from this episode with another creator on Patreon or who's running a creative business? We'd love to have you as an active collaborator with Backstage with Patreon. We're on Twitter at Patreon Podcast and in the Patreon creator community on Discord. Follow the link in the episode notes and you can get answers to your follow-up questions directly from the guests and weigh in on what topics we'll be covering next. Editing by Tyler Morissette. I'm Brian Keller. See you next time backstage.